Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Central Podcast where we take a look at the great sport of American football from over here in Australia. Well, we've reached double digits in the 2021-22 NFL season, 10 weeks down, eight to go in the regular season and it's fair to say we're still left with more questions and answers. We had more surprises this weekend, contenders, some of them getting back on the winner's list, some faltering in big spots, none more than the Rams on the Monday night football game against the Niners that we just witnessed. Uh, for the second consecutive week, four teams entered the, uh, entered the week with a record below or equal to 500 and defeated a team that began in first place in a division. Um, my name is Vaship. Joining me as always is Gordon Beat. Gordo, we just don't know what we're going to expect week to week at this stage. Yeah, no, um, I've got no idea who's good and who's not at this point. Um, there's a couple teams that I thought coming into this week were pretty much locks to either win divisions or be bad. And again, they've just flipped the script completely. Indeed, for the first time this season, both of our locks lost on the week. Um, of course, mine was back on Thursday night. Baltimore didn't get up against Miami. And then Gordo's pick of uh, the Cardinals didn't get up against the Panthers. We've got to get through all our uh, game reviews, good, bad, the ugly, and then, of course, our playoff file, which is going to be very tricky this week. We have to select a team that is guaranteed to make the playoffs and a team that is eliminated from contention. It is getting tough because there are so many teams in contention for the final few wildcard spots in both conferences. Okay, we'll start with what we've just witnessed. Monday Night Football, San Francisco, routed at home by Arizona um, last week. Uh, looking in all sorts of trouble. They hadn't run it one at home in a ridiculous amount of time. LA losing last week, of course, um, to the Titans on Sunday Night Football. They have a chance to uh, go back equal with Arizona, who lost atop the division, Um, but they come out uh, and pretty flat the whole night. Gordo, of course, uh, Matthew Stafford, a couple of picks early, one of them a pick six, 14 to nothing. And from there, it's fair to say San Francisco didn't look back. Um, Shanahan, a lot of criticism. We've discussed it in, uh, you know, at length. Um, he had a good game plan to go up against this Rams defense, and it, it's fair to say I think he carried it, it was carried out to to perfection. Yeah, no, it was it was a perfect game really from San Francisco. Um, you look at it; they only had two drives in the first, oh, three technically if you count Neil down at the end, but two drives in the first half, both resulted in touchdowns, and that pretty much ended the game. I think right there, um, they just came out and did exactly what they needed to against a team that all week we've been hearing, okay, they got Odell in, Von Miller's debut in LA, and it was a massive letdown. Just nothing went right for the Rams. Yeah, you talk about all in. Well, hasn't looked so good the last couple of weeks. Um, of course, they've got time to redeem themselves. We talk about Arizona's a loss. There are, they are only a game back now, but there are some tough... Um, Tough matchup. They've still got to go play the Packers. Uh, they've got to play Arizona again. They've got a game in Baltimore. So, you know... LA, reckon all in, they might, you know, not, um, well, we think they're locked for the playoffs. I've already put them in. Gordo has in our playoff file. But two very disappointing weeks, Sean McVay saying he chooses to believe that this is not, that it reflect us as a team. Well, you know, a wins are wins and a loss are loss. They need to get back on the winners list and quickly. San Francisco, I think we're getting close to ruling them out, Gordo. Um, what do we make of them? Again, it's so hard to tell week to week what we've seen. Um, this will put them at four and five now. It's a game clear of um, Seattle, and, and that's, you know, one game back from the seventh spot in the NFC. All of a sudden, you know, if they can get on a roll, they could be a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, I think I said last week, um, tipping them to lose this week would probably mean they win. Every week that I've tipped them, they've done the opposite. Mm. So it feels like they're such an up-and-down team. You don't know what you're going to get week to week. 
you could see a performance like tonight, or you see them get beaten beaten easily by Colt McCoy. So I don't know what to make of the 49ers. I think they might be the most confusing team in football at the moment. Their best is so good. They've got all the personnel there, but it's just they don't play up to it so many times. And nights like tonight show you just how good they can be, but they just don't do it consistently enough. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. <laughs> That, that, that a mantle of the most confusing team. There are a lot of teams probably vying for that at the moment, but I think it's fair after what we've just seen um, to give it to them. I mean, I, I must admit, I was all in on the Rams. I thought this would not be close coming off a loss. They don't lose back-to-back very often in Sean McVay's tenure. They did, um, both sides of the ball, a lot of responsibility. Talked about Stafford. He was an MVP candidate. Looked like he was almost the favourite a couple of weeks ago. Two bad weeks in a row, another couple of picks. Uh, nothing really on the ground. Um, Talk about OBJ. Um, you know, first game playing for them, obviously has a miscommunication with Stafford. Von Miller doesn't get a whole lot done in his first game. I mean, Cooper Cup, as always, 11 catches, 122. Um, always going to be good for your fantasy. <laughs> Nothing much else. Of course, that fake punt at the end of the first half called by Sean McVay that, that didn't succeed. Um, look, they're on the bye, Gordo. I guess that could be a positive thing out of it next week. They get a bit of rest and time off. Um, to think about this last stretch of the season, as I said, includes coming out of that by at Green Bay. They've got to play at Arizona, at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and they've got the 49ers again. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has had um, Sean McVay's number. That's five straight wins um, for the 49ers against the Rams. Um, so interesting to see how they go there. As for the 49ers, they play in Jacksonville, Gordo. We'll talk about stringing wins together and getting back in the playoff, uh, the playoff race. Jacksonville by no means easy beats, but they'll look at that and think, um, you know, um, if we are going to get wins together, that's a game that we've just got to win. Yeah, no, if they can play like they did tonight, an efficient game, they should be able to beat Jacksonville. Uh, if they didn't, I'd be very surprised. I mean, Jimmy G looked like a pretty good quarterback tonight. The offense in general, the running game got going, everything worked. So if they bring that through the back half of the season, there's no reason why they can't win four or five games at least, potentially sneak into that seventh spot. Yeah, looking at the um, looking at their schedule going forward, I mean, they've got teams against Minnesota who's vying out for it. They've got Seattle, Cincinnati, who's around the 500 mark. Atlanta, another team are looking for that last wild card spot in the NFC. And then Tennessee, Houston should be winning. Then they finish up at the Rams. So it could very well come down to the last week. San Francisco and for Kyle Shanahan's team. But certainly, I think their most impressive performance of the season to date. The Rams, a bit of trouble losing to straight now. Okay, we'll talk about the Sunday slate. We start, as always, we do with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not going to do individual picks this week. We'll just have a general discussion on each topic. We'll start with the good. There were some standout performances, Gordo. Uh, and who are you going to go to first for a good uh, from the Week 10 Sunday slate? Again, I think I've been hyping them up over the last few weeks now. The Patriots just continue to do what they need to and do it incredibly well. Uh, I think they've won their last four by an average margin of, what, 24 or 25 points? Something like that. Uh, obviously, there's that blowout win against the Jets in there. There's this one. Uh, they beat the Chargers in that time span. They're doing everything they need to to win games at the moment. Just the running game's going. The passing offense is working well with Mac Jones. The defense is playing lights out. And against the Cleveland team that was really, I mean, I don't know if they're fighting for their survival yet, but they're really in that playoff race with the Pats. And this loss is going to be crucial for them. Indeed, I'm. We'll talk about. We'll get on to uh, Cleveland in a second, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. As for uh, the Pats, six and four, and talk about those four wins in a row. They got forty-five points in back-to-back home time the game. Uh, home games have never done that in in franchise history, not with all the succession in the Brady years. 
Uh, and you look at some of their losses. I mean, that that uh, overtime loss to the Cowboys could easily have won that game. And then, of course, the close loss to the Bucks. Uh, and then they had that very tight loss in week one against Miami where they fumbled in what have been going ahead for the, the game, go ahead winning field goal. So their only real uh, disappointing loss and bad game was that game against New Orleans in week three um, alongside Tennessee. And I think you'd agree, they were up in the AFC for me. Um, I know the Bills have a better record and we'll get onto that uh, shortly. But um, yeah, certainly across the last month, they've been very impressive. Uh, I'm going to go with Washington. Uh, we talked about games we thought could be upsets this week. And I, I we, we specifically mentioned, I think, clear as day saying there could be upsets. We don't think it's happening in this game. Tampa Bay were coming off a bye. Last season, they came off a bye. They didn't lose again. This season, they've already lost one week off the bye. Stunning. Tom Brady, a couple of picks in the first quarter. Uh, hasn't happened since 2012. Um, I guess you could say go to this Washington defense that uh, we thought was going to be, you know, vaunted coming into the season. It hasn't shown up so far. Um, had its best performance of the season today. Yeah, no, they were incredibly impressive. I think the big point out of this, though, is that final drive that the Washington offense had. Mm. Uh, we spoke, I think, so many times about how disappointing the offense has been. It's been unable to really keep time of possession going. And then they go and have, a, what, 10 or 11-minute drive, take mm. uh, 80 yards down the field, score the game-winning, not game-winning, but game-sealing touchdown, don't let Tampa really get the ball back. That was just impressive from them. It's something that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think at 10 minutes, 18 or something. And then, of course, getting in on fourth and goal. Uh, they're up by four points. They decided Ron Rivera, you know, Riverboat Ron, go for on fourth and goal rather than kick the field goal, give the ball back to Brady with a seven-point lead. Um, they go for getting the gamble pays off. I guess the disappointing thing is why haven't we seen this earlier than our three and six? Well, back in the division, they do play Carolina next week. A bit of a revenge game. You've got Ron Rivera on the Washington side. And Carolina on uh, Cam Newton on the Carolina side. Talking of Cam Newton, his return to Carolina, a successful one, Gordo. Another one, well, we don't, we didn't see coming. You certainly didn't see it coming. It was your certainty pick. Um, 34 for 10. Carolina dominated this game. CMC, Gordo, uh, look back to his best. Cam Newton, of course, rushes it in for a touchdown on his first play. First throw is a touchdown. Um, there's a lot to like from Matt Rule's team. And again, another team, they've gone from the, the lowest to the low last week with Darnold against New England to this performance. Yeah, no, I think they're another one of the poster boys for good this week. That was just, they're going to the playoffs. I'm still on them. Um, if I think I saw the Cam's likely going to be the starter coming up this week. So if they can keep that momentum going, it feels like he's a real leader in that team. He's only been there for a week or so. He's such an iconic figure in Charlotte in general. Just having him back feels like a real motivator for them. Yeah, the only reason I wouldn't lean towards them is on a, if, if they come against Minnesota in the seventh seed, for example, they would lose the head-to-head. But yes, they're certainly, I mean, you look at New Orleans faltering a bit in the NFC. They're certainly in with a chance um, there in the NFC, Carolina. The final team I thought worth mentioning, Dallas Cowboys. Um, yes, they were expected to beat Atlanta, although God, of course, did tip Atlanta. Um, but after last week, a lot of criticism came their way, and this was a complete and utter embarrassment. 43-3. to um, I feel bad for Matt Ryan, to be, to be honest. We'll get onto this game uh, later on, but a real big win for Dallas. They put themselves right back in the race for the number one seed in the NFC. Okay, we'll go with the bads. Gordon, we've already probably mentioned a few of these teams. Who have you got leading uh, your candidates for bad this week? Yeah, um, the main one, I think, is the Browns. Um, obviously, the Pats were my main good one. So the team that they played, Cleveland, just had another letdown. Um, I think the season's starting to slip away from them. Uh, I'm not going as far as to rule them out yet, but at five and five, in a fairly competitive division to 
come out and put up the performance they did. Um, it's made even worse by Baker getting injured with that uh, knee contusion. So we're not sure if he's going to be okay moving forward. He's already got the shoulder problem. Just nothing went right for Cleveland. Embarrassed by New England. Nothing really went well. Nothing went well. Um, they've had the week of controversy leading up to it with Odell. And it just, nothing went right for them. Yeah, should just mention, sorry, we didn't, with Washington, a good week. But of course, losing Chase Young, second overall pick last year, defensive rookie of the year last year. Um, hadn't had his best season, but devastating for him. Be missing out on the rest of the season. As for Cleveland, we both fell for it. Even when Chubb was out, we both stuck with Cleveland as our tip. Um, thought they could get a gritty win on the road. That was so impressive in Cincinnati a week ago. And another example of a team with just wacky week-to-week variants. Um, you know, they laid an egg in this game. That's all you can say about it. Uh, and back to the drawing board, I did the little, um, went back to that website we used to fill in all the games and our predictions. And I had them, I filled in the rest of the season. I think I had them on eight and nine missing out. So you say it's a completely competitive division. They've got a couple of games um, against the Ravens to go. They've got to play the Steelers again, the Bengals again. They've got to play the Raiders will be in the hunt. They've got to play the Packers. Uh, it really isn't an easy run. They do play the Lions next week, though, so you'd think they get a win there. Um, uh, our Denver, Gordon, I've got to go with them. I know I did. I tipped against them. I didn't think they would win the game, uh, but they weren't even close. 30 to 30 in this game against Philadelphia. I mean, after that win against uh, Dallas last week, you know, I, I said I didn't think they could replicate it, and they couldn't. Um, Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator, was out with COVID issues, but even with Mike Shula calling in the red zone is where they lost this battle. They settled for short field goals. They turned the ball over. Melvin Gordon fumbles at the 20-yard line. Uh, Darius Slay scoop and score for 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, they failed to go on fourth. They couldn't stop Philadelphia, especially on the ground over 200 yards. Uh, they couldn't stop Devontae Smith through the air. A really poor day, Gordo. It's why I don't think they're a contender. They're five and five now, but I don't think um, Denver will be making the playoffs a really poor day at home against Philly. Yeah, no, the only play that I really saw out of this game was that scoop and score by Slay. And I think the biggest thing coming out of that is you look at it, Teddy Bridgewater completely gave up on that play. Yeah. Um, he's got, I don't know if he could have tackled him or not, but he didn't even make an effort mm. to do it. He just stands there and lets Slay run past. And I think that pretty much summed up Denver's day. Yeah, there's a big point of emphasis. that We'll get into that one later. Vic Fangio did speak on it later. Uh, any others? Good. I mean, the other one I would probably circle is Arizona. You watched this game more than me. Just how bad were they? Yeah, no, I, I I was obviously focusing more on the Packers game, but I had the Arizona game on in the background. And I mean, having them as my lock, that was probably before I realised that Kyler and Hopkins were out. But we saw them beat up on San Francisco the week before, so I don't know how much of an excuse that is, especially coming up against Carolina, who were struggling coming into the game. And yeah, Carolina just did whatever they wanted. Arizona looked terrible all around, pretty much. Um I, I might let them have this considering it with the injuries. They've got every team. I think we're going to allow them a, a bad performance or two, especially considering what's going on with the rest of the league. But it was not good. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Cliff Kingsley saying it'll be about a 50-50 call if Murray does come back next week at Seattle. Then they do have the buy, so the chance to rest and recuperate. But they really don't want to let this division title slip out of their hands. They do play the Rams again. They've got some easier games and they play at Dallas. Finish is quite tough. So, you know, losses like these... Yes, you can make the excuses of second-team um, players, but as you've said, when they played so well the week before against San Francisco, why couldn't they replicate it this week? Okay, the ugly, and I think when you use the word ugly for this week, Gordo, one game stands out. It was that Steelers and Lions game. Um, pretty much everything in this game was ugly. The final score, the offense on both sides, uh, and the weather. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened here. This, I mean, I do. It was too 
pretty bad offenses coming up against each other, one with a backup quarterback and another with a quarterback who probably should be a backup the way that he's playing. Um, it, the Lions had, what, 114 passing yards on the day. They ran the ball every play they could get, but even then, that's obviously not enough to get their first win. I mean, you want ugly. You look at that overtime, punt, fumble, missed field goal, punt, punt, fumble, end of the quarter. That's yeah. not how an overtime should look. I mean, having you said that, uh, you know, they didn't have that many passing yards and they ran it, and oftentimes, you know, um, Swift would get stopped behind the line of scrimmage. The point is, even with that kind of horrible display, they, they, they got close to the steals. Yes, Big Ben wasn't playing. I very nearly changed my tip to the Lions after I figured that Mason Rudolph was starting. But um, look, in the, I think this, I'm really not hot on Pittsburgh, and I think we'll see in the next couple of weeks. They've got some challenges. Interesting to see about them. Uh, as for the Lions, I guess they become, they're not going to go 0-17, but they may very well be the, the first winless team who didn't lose every game. So perhaps there's something in it there for Lions fans. Uh, the other couple of uglies, Gordo, uh, I've got to go with Tampa Bay. We've already mentioned them. Um, gee, you know, back-to-back losses on either sides of the bye and, and Bruce Arians, um, he was a bit harsher with his team post-match press conference. He said, you know, they kind of just rocked up and thought they could win the game. That kind of complacency is not going to get you wins in this league. Look, I do think they'll get back on it. I do think they'll win the division. Um, having said that, Crackster, every time we say Crackster, I'm just showing Tom Brady, you know, what happens, he turns around and they win a Super Bowl. So I'm not going to say that, but there's got to be some, you know, kind of worrying signs for Tampa. Yeah, I think the offense is going to be fine, uh, especially when they get Gronk back, you get AB mm. back. I think that's going to be okay. The defense is a real worry here. Mm. They're nowhere near what we saw in the playoffs a year ago. Um, I know that they really turned it on for those playoffs. Um, they were better than they were in the regular season. So you've got to be hoping if you're Tampa that they do the same again. Um, they're just letting teams do whatever they want at the moment on offense. They're, they're not really able to stop the run, the passing games, doing what they want. It's... It's ugly, that Tampa defense. And I know uh, they're missing a lot of corners, but even then, this is one of the best front sevens in football, and we're just not seeing it from them. Oh, yeah, and this isn't a new thing. We've been talking about this back to the first few weeks. Dallas scored a lot on the mean of Atlanta. Got to, I mean, way back to that, you know, the loss to the, Ram, the Rams. They have not been good. I mean, there's been a couple of games. Uh, the, the Bears game springs to mind where they've got three points. But playing against contending sides or even playoff sides, they really haven't been able to stop anyone. Todd Bowles. Uh, got a lot of work to do, you'd think. The last one, um, look, we've talked about it and we won't spend that much time on it, but it is the Atlanta Falcons. Look, they got back to four and four. It was a big win on the road in New Orleans last week and they just wet the bed. Um, I said already, God, I feel bad for Matt Ryan. Um, just doesn't have the pieces. I mean, the Kyle Pitts connection's coming on, um, you know, about Cordero Patterson, but no Ridley, not very good pass protection. Uh, and this defense, which, you know, isn't good and hasn't been good all season. Uh, you just feel a bit bad for him, I guess. He's coming at the end of his career, perhaps in Atlanta, perhaps, you know, he finishes it somewhere else. But, um, yeah, it was a really tough day for Atlanta. I don't know how much you saw of it down in Dallas, but, yeah, an ugly day. Yeah, no, you've got to think this is probably his last year as a starter, at least in Atlanta. Um, I think they'll be looking to move on. Not that, not that he's playing badly, it's just that they want to move forward with the franchise, I think. Yeah, indeed. And, of course, that number seven seed continues to be a poison chalice. Atlanta hopped into it after their win over New Orleans. Now your team, Gordo, well, I shouldn't say your team, but kind of the team, you, not your supporting team, the team you kind of jumped upon this year, which is the Panthers. They're back in that seventh spot. Can they get a win and stay in? 
Uh, they play Washington next week, of course. Uh, with that, let's move on to our quick game recaps of all the games that took part. Obviously, we've mentioned some of them in depth, so we don't need to spend as much time on that. One we haven't covered was New Orleans at Tennessee. It was a draw card. It was my first pick after Gordo took the Patriots-Browns game. And for the second consecutive week, the Saints lost one in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, coming back from 11-point fourth quarter deficit, they couldn't seal the deal. Trevor Simeon's two-point attempt pass falls incomplete for Mark Ingram, preserving a 23-21 Titans victory. We'll start with the Titans, Gordo. I mean, they're 8-2. Two. They're two games clear at top of the conference, not just the division. Six-game winning streak, five straight wins against playoff teams from a year ago. That ties the 2003 Eagles for a record in the league. They've had the toughest schedule so far this year. I took a lot. They're just 82 players. That's far more than you would see. Um, you know, what has gone wrong could has, has what has gone wrong could go wrong. I mean, we talk about Derek Henry, yes, but yet still, you know, they're the top team in the conference. And I think it's fair to say, Gordo, the team to be. Yeah, I think they're one of the only teams that I'm confident in, in saying they're a true contender this year. I think it's pretty clear that even without with all their injuries, uh, Julio Jones has been put on IR now. So that's two probably of their top three offensive playmakers gone. Uh, AJ Brown's struggling this year as well with a lot of the drops, but even then they're still getting the job done. Uh, they probably got lucky a couple of times in this game. They took away a Saints interception and yeah. just a couple of their way, but even then they're finding ways to win through all these injuries. They're a well-coached team. Uh, this defense is really stepping up. I think they're one of the few teams I'm willing to say are a true contender. Yeah, we'll go to that contentious course since you raise it. Late in the first half, um, first and goal from the eight, inside two minutes to go. Tannehill picked off in the end zone. Marcus Williams is taken off the board. Jerome Bogle says, roughing the passer. It was actually not him, but it was the umpire who kind of stands on the other side of the quarterback in the backfield uh, on Caden Ellis. The announcement, because often they don't say why, he said it was a blow to the head of the quarterback. It wasn't. Um, so I don't know how they make that call, but it's another one. And it is costing teams games, not just games. It was seven points in this case. Tennessee went in for the touchdown. They led 13 to seven at the half and never trailed again. Um, third to six, excuse me, at the half. Um, it's not an overreaction to say it's costing games and it costs jobs and it costs teams playoff. And, you know, and that's when assistant coaches and so on gets fired. Uh, Sean Payton, he has had a rocky relationship with officials over the years. We talk about that 2018 NFC Championship game they lose to the Rams. Um, you know, this is another example of where it costs them big time. Um, going on from that, just talking about Tennessee, look, it's another win without much offensive production. They didn't have that many yards against LA Gordo last week, 264 this week. The Saints outgained them on the on the ground through the air. They had better red zone efficiency, um, and but ultimately they were in a position where they were up by eleven points and they could afford to have all these points scored against them in the last quarter and still win. Uh, looking at the Saints side, Trevor Simeon nine for thirty four, two ninety eight, and two scores. A lot of that late in the game. Talked about Alvin Kamara being out. They really felt lost as an offense without him. Um, and that two point efficient, uh, that two point conversion efficiency. That's their eighth straight miss there. So I'm not sure what's going on with there with Sean Payton, Mark Ingram. Just a quick mention, 14 for 47 in the score. He broke the Saints franchise rushing record uh, of Juice McAllister. So now he has um, uh, that record in addition to the uh, touchdown record. So that's a nice little personal mark for him. Uh, however, looking at a more general um, scope in the game, you go to the Saints, five and four. They go to the road to Philadelphia, who look, you know, a little bit more dangerous now. And then they return home for a Thanksgiving Day game against the Bills. So, a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, well, they're probably, you know, locked into a wildcard spot and it's a fight for that seventh. It's certainly, I think, now a fight for the six and seven seeds because the Saints, they're only a game ahead of 500 and half a game ahead of the seventh seed. 
Yeah, and with a quarterback like Simeon, uh, mm. if they'd had Jameis, you know, I'd probably be willing to say, yeah, they probably they should beat Philly. But with Simeon, who knows? Philly, with a bit of momentum, could win that. Yeah, that'll be a tough one. Uh, and the Titans, of course, improving to 8-2. and two. They host the Texans. So, I mean, <laughs> we don't want to guarantee anything in this league, but I'd be staggered if they lose to the Texans. It's not the first time I've said that, and it's backfired this season. But that'll be their opponent next week. We will move on to the other headliner of the early state. It was Cleveland at New England. We've talked about it, Gordo. It was a test game for both sides, a bit of a litmus test. We know how good Pats had been, and they continued it on. Um, look, talk about stepping up to an occasion. 45-7. to seven, a blight of the Browns. Um, we've talked about it a lot, but I guess a lot of talk comparing this to the 2001 Patriots side, a young quarterback. Um, you know, he started off his first couple of games, Mac Jones. We talked about bubble wrapped in that offense, you know, easy plays, but he's stepping into it now. 19 for 23, 198, three scores, 142.1 rating. That's the fourth highest for a rookie quarterback in history. He has five games this season with more than 100 passer rating. All the other quarterbacks taken in this draft have zero combined. Um so I guess now we can admit Gordo, who really shouldn't have slipped to was at 15 and probably San Francisco might be regretting not taking him at three. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about that with San Francisco. Lance, who knows? Uh, we've mm. barely seen him play. He's had what, one start and had a strange offensive play calling for that. So who knows with that? But yeah, Jones, Wilson? he's been... What was that? I was saying Zach Wilson, the Jets. Is it too early to say oh. that perhaps Jones would be a better option? Oh, uh, Maybe. I, I don't know. It's tough to judge anyone this early. That's the thing. Uh, rookie quarterbacks like Herbert and Mahomes, or Mahomes wasn't a rookie, but quarterbacks in their first year starting have had their um, progress a bit changed, I guess, by the way Herbert played, by the way Mahomes played. I think our views have sort of been warped there. So we've got to expect some time to develop. So I'm not willing to make a judgment yet. But yeah, Jones, he's been incredible so far. He's in the perfect system for him. Uh, they went out, they spent big on the free agents and it's working. Uh, you see these pass catches, uh, defense obviously stepping up. Just it's all coming together for them. They've had their one down year. The AFC had that one year off, and then it looks like they're going to be fairly dominant again. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know. Congratulations, the rest of the AFC, the Chiefs, and so on. You had your one year without the threat of the Patriots. Seems like they're back. Talk about the rushing game: 184 yards. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, 20 carries for 100 yards and a couple of scores. And, of course, I guess that one of the more feel-good moments of the league this year, Gordo, um, Jacoby Myers uh, had waited a long time. It was his 135th career reception. He finally got a touchdown. And to see all the team flock to him, you know, one of the unluckiest receivers in sports. A couple of weeks ago, I believe he had one called back due to a penalty. Um, and just to put this in perspective, 135 uh, catches it took him. Now the record, so who was second behind him, was a 45th catch. So, you know, he had been unlucky to wait that long, but finally he gets it, and I guess that was a feel-good moment for the team. Yeah, no, definitely. I saw everyone rush to him after that, even coming off the bench and whatever. And, yeah, it was just such a nice moment to finally see him get – he's been so good for them as well, um, not just in the passing game, or sort of in the passing game. He's thrown touchdowns for them. He's uh, blocked and everything, and he finally gets his score. Indeed, and watch out the Bills. I mean, uh, obviously, half a game back, the Pats um, still yet to have their bye, um, but they'll be playing. I mean, at Atlanta on a short week on Thursday night football, you know, no, never know with a short week. Atlanta were embarrassed. They'll be looking for a bounce back. Then they play Tennessee. That's looking like a great matchup. At Buffalo, the bye. At Indy, Buffalo again. They finish quite easy with the Jags in Miami. But um, they do have a chance at the Bills in this division. I probably have to say the Bills are probably a more talented team. But uh, I guess what kind of chances would you give New England uh, in the East? 
I think it's still going to go to Buffalo. I think New England's pretty much locked into a wild card spot at this point. Although having said that, they'll probably only lose three in a row. But <laughs> I think the Bills are still probably the clear favourites here. Um, I think I'll agree with you. They are more talented. I just, it's going to come down to the better coaching staff in the Pats or the better talent in the Bills. Indeed. Okay. Uh, to be fair, I think Sean McDermott, quite a good coaching staff in, in, in Buffalo, but I have to agree with you that New England's is slightly better. Um, we'll just oh, mention also the Browns, obviously a tough loss, but they'll host the Lions next week. So a chance to get back on the winner's list. Disappointing performance after they routed the Bengals last week. We'll move to LA. So if I stayed in the late window, it was a close one. Minnesota on the road in Los Angeles. I think we both expected it to be close, Gordo. It was the Vikings coming out on top for once in the close game, 27 to 20, the final. They're back on the winner's list. They're four and five. They're right back in the race for those last couple of NFC wildcard spots. Um, look, a slow start on this one. An early sack fumble for Joey Bosa on Kirk Cousins, a 33rd quarterback he sacked in his young career. Um, but for the most part, look, Minnesota had no issues moving the ball. Similar to Philly last week, I think this could be a kind of a pattern of concern. I'm interested to hear what you think, Gordo, for Staley in this LA defense. We know they play encouraging teams to run and laying it run through the middle and not giving up the big plays. But, you know, that's costing them. We talk about the Patriots could score on them. We talk about Philadelphia last week running the ball. And now this week, uh, Minnesota um, look, they had a two score lead early in the fourth quarter. And I remember messaging you and thinking, surely they can't blow another one. LA drove down the field and Brandon Staley elected to kick a 24 yarder on fourth and two from the six, cutting the lead to seven. Now, many people would have thought that was a bit bizarre. Um, I don't know what the analytics say, because obviously you've got your confirmed points, whereas if you go on fourth down, you might get zero. But still, Brandon Staley being one of the more aggressive coaches, they wouldn't get the ball back. However, the Vikings run it out. A couple of third down conversions, including a, a Dalvin Cook run on fourth down, actually sealing the game. The Vikings, four and five, I've said. Uh, Mike Zimmer, that's a big win. Um, we talked about how we, this could probably you know save his job, at least probably for the end of the season. They get a win. They host the Packers next week. Or that's a massive game in your NFC North. Um, conversely, the Chargers, five and four, hosting the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Suddenly, it's looking a bit sketchy for them. Um, the Chiefs have overtaken them in the NF AFC West. Of course, Chiefs have yet to have their bye. They've got a head-to-head matchup to come. Um Two teams in, uh, you know, around the 500 mark. Now, we'll start with the Vikings for you, Gordo, of course, in your division. Um, I know you're always pessimistic as a Packers fan, but how does this win change your impressions about next week's game? I've honestly got no idea. Um, the game's probably going to come down to the last couple of minutes because it's Minnesota, and that's just what happens with them at this point. At this point. So it's going to come down to whether they can maybe drive down and score or whether the Packers can. Um I don't see it going really any other way. I know the Packers' defense has been playing really well, but Minnesota always seems to be able to play well against this team. Um, yeah, I'm, I've got no real feelings either way there. I think it'll be close. Come down to the last second. Indeed. Kirk Cousins on the day, 25 for 37, 294 and two touchdowns. If they won some more games, he'd probably be thinking as an MVP candidate. Always has good stats. Dalvin Cook, controversial week, um, 24 for 94 and the score, a good day. Justin Jefferson, it's worth to mention, some great catches, including on that final drive, plucking them from all sorts, nine for one, four, three, a really good get good day for him. And they've got feeling, of course. You look at the talent. We always talk about Gordon, this team has, especially on offense, they really should be winning more games. Um, yeah, and as you've mentioned, the Chargers faltering. It's a tricky little AFC West there. They'll play the Steelers on Sunday Night Football, and that's a game that will really get more of a gauge on them as a team. Talking of the Steelers, we've already mentioned it. The NFL's first tie for season 2021-2022. The first tie since last season. Philadelphia tied Cincinnati in a game at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, look, 
Uh, don't know how much we need to spend on this. We've already talked about it a little bit. They were unable to break their 16-16 tie despite an additional 10-minute period. And you can't say they didn't have their chances. Gordo mentioned Deontay Johnson fumbled on the Steelers' first position of overtime at midfield. The Lions moved the ball into field goal range, courtesy of a roughing the pass call, and then a completion to Khalif Raymond from Goff. However, Ryan Santoso's 48-yarder, just it was bizarre. It was almost as if it was block order, but no, he just didn't have the leg on it. Very in typical Detroit fashion. Uh, two Pittsburgh positions later, they're driving down to you know a, a reasonable distance for Chris Boswell. He's been a very good field goal kicker. He had the uh, he had the game winner against Chicago last week. He'd hit I think at least one from outside 50 in this game, and they were driving down. Uh, Mason Rudolph completes to Pat Firmuth, who's become a bit of a uh, cult legend for that team, following on from Heath Miller and the likes uh, at Pittsburgh. Inside the 40 with about 12 ticks to go, he fumbles the ball, and then uh, Detroit only have enough time for a little lateral to close off the game. Gordo, um, look, not much to say. Obviously, Pittsburgh didn't have their starting quarterback in Detroit's Detroit. Um, anything really meaningful to take away from this one? Not really. Um, obviously, you got Detroit. They're not going to go on 17. I think that's the biggest thing here. Um, yeah, it, it was an ugly game all around. Um, Pittsburgh, I don't think that gives me any confidence. I know it's a backup quarterback. I know they've got injuries. But even then, if you can't move the ball against this Detroit team, I think you're in real trouble. Um, and especially considering as well, the Pittsburgh defense, who knows what's going to happen with TJ Watt from here. He, I think it was a yeah. hip problem. Or no, it was his knee problem as well. I think mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I think he's maybe going to try and play through it over the next couple of weeks, but it looked like it could be a pretty bad injury. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret I've been down on the Steelers. Even with this four-game win streak, I was dirty about that result against Chicago. I don't think this. I mean, I think this team. I think they're a chance to scrape into the playoffs, but I don't think they're really a contender at all. They've got two games coming up against. Um, the Ravens that'll test them. They got to play Tennessee. They got to play Kansas City. They got to play uh, Cleveland and at Minnesota, at Cincinnati, and then the Chargers next week. Gordo. So all of those teams uh, have winning records or better, apart from uh, five hundred or better, apart from Minnesota. So there's no easy games left on the schedule. This is the game they were supposed to get a win, and they, with a win, they would have been leading the division. Instead, they're five three and one. They're still below the Ravens, uh, and they play in LA on Sunday Night Football next week. Just a, a statistical nugget, I guess. Um, PFR, who do good, do good play-by-play data, going back to 994, the first time ever that a turnover has happened within the 30 seconds to go remaining in overtime, which stag- staggered me. I thought it would have happened before, but no, it doesn't happen. Pat Fumeth makes history. This game ends up in a tie. The Lions, as you've said, they will not be... Uh, well, they will be... They can still be winless. They won't be... Uh, can't think of the exactly what to, what the word is to describe it, but they they won't lose every game. They'll play in Cleveland next week with a hope to get their first win on the board in the Dan Campbell era. Okay, we'll move to another tight game, another one people weren't expecting to be tight. I would say, Gordon, the Colts continue on their winning streak, twenty three to seventeen over the Jags. Um, move back uh, five hundred, but I mean it was no by no means comfortable, and it was a lot closer than many be expecting. Gordon, what did you take away from this one? Um, again, I didn't watch too much of this game. There was other stuff on that I was more interested in probably, but again, uh, Jacksonville, they're not one of the worst teams in the league. Their record obviously isn't great two and seven, but there's enough signs there. I think showing that they are going in the right direction. Uh, Trevor Lawrence again, didn't turn the ball over. Oh no, he did have that one fumble, but he didn't throw a pick. Uh, he didn't throw a touchdown either, but he's cutting down on those turnovers that we saw at the start of the year. Didn't have the best day, but I think there's still enough signs there 
saying he's probably going to be at worst a capable starter for a while. Um, yeah, Indianapolis defense stood up again. Um, I'm still not sure what this team actually is. Um, Carson Wentz, again, solid day without being great. The running game really got going. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really changed my opinion on either one of the teams. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess what I took out of it was you talk about the strong running game. Jonathan Taylor, 12 carries, 116 and one. He was carving up this Jacksonville defense early before they got a bit more hard nose. He's the fourth player since the merger with seven straight games with 100 yards from scrimmage and a rushing touchdown. The other names are, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson, Lyndall Mitchell, Larry Johnson. Uh, so, you know, among good company there. Um, and the curious thing, Carson Wentz did not uh, throw a touchdown pass. They got a touchdown on a block punt. So that was nice there for Indianapolis. The important thing is they're back at 500 but a very tough uh, schedule. They haven't beaten the team with a winning record yet. Um, Gordon, we talk about those uh, tough losses, um, one on the road against Baltimore, and then that one to Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. Their games coming up next couple of weeks, I mean, no one has the toughest game. At Buffalo and then Tampa Bay. So I guess you'd have to say that'll tell us a lot about this team. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's one of the toughest schedules I've seen. Um, yeah, I'm still not sure exactly where they sit, but they're doing at the moment what's needed of them. Indeed, they are. Frank Reich in the post-match press is saying, you know, why can't it be us? There's a lot of teams faltering. We're waiting for a team to take the lead in this division, in this conference. Why can't it be us? I guess the only issue they've got is that the team who is the best in the conference at the moment in the Titans um, are in their own division. Uh, the Jags, two and seven, host the Niners. Again, they'll be playing spoiler. They're showing signs of improvement. It's not a one-year transformation in this league whatsoever. Okay, we'll move on to some surprises each week. The NFL does dish up surprises, and I think it's fair to say we had three this week. We'll start with the one we've talked about already quite a bit. Tampa Bay at Washington. Look, Bucks dropped back-to-back games either side of the bite in stunning fashion. 29-19 to to Washington, who entered the week two and six on the three-game slide. Look, we were wondering, Gordon, what had happened to this defense. I mean, we've discussed how good it was, but like this – it's just mind-boggling. And another example of how, you know, in this league, you just, I guess you never know when one team can step up. Yeah, no, it's just any given Sunday again. Um, they were impressive. Uh, the Washington did, I think teams are starting to, re- I mean, you can't really say they're starting to realise how to beat Brady. The formula's always been there. You pressure him a ton, but he's usually had the time to just make whatever throws he needs. But with um, the players that he's missing, with no Antonio Brown, with no Rob Gronkowski, I think that's really limiting this offense. Once they get back, I think they're going to be fine. I've got to give credit to you because you picked this game second and I was thinking, oh, why? Wow, it's going to be a bit of a blowout. But it did end up being a bit more entertaining than people were expecting. Start out, I found interesting. The first time in five seasons, Washington scored on their first four drives of offense. So they've had a pretty dismal going of it in recent years. Field goal, field goal, touchdown, field goal they went. We talked about the defensive weaknesses for the Bucks. Talked about how Gordo, uh, Gordo Brady had first two first quarter picks for the first time since week 16 of 2012. Um, and then, as you've said, the real kicker was Heineke leading Washington on that 18-play, 79-yard, 10-minute drive capped off with that fourth-down touchdown from Antonio Gibson. Washington, 3-6 and six on the road in Carolina, which is meaningful because Ron Rivera, of course, coached for many years in Carolina, going on a decade. And Tampa, 6-3, and three, hosts the Giants on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, I, I mean, we said this about the Rams. I, I can't see the, the Tampa losing that one, Gordo. What are your thoughts on that? If they do lose to the Giants... A third consecutive loss. Then we have to start thinking about trouble in the NFC South. Tampa actually came pretty close to losing to New York last yeah. year as well, didn't they? 
Because oh, on Monday Night Football Monday. as well, I think, yeah. So, yeah, um, look, I don't think they will. Um, I think after two straight losses, I think they really have to knuckle down and actually win this. But, I mean, New York, there's been some signs of improvement recently. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Tampa. I think I'll give it a good shot, though. Indeed, of course, New York had some success against Brady in the past. Uh, we'll move on to Philadelphia at Denver. Now, I touched on Philadelphia early on. I tried not to be too, I guess, biased about it. It's not often I can come with a positive recap um, of a game with Philadelphia involving it, as, as we know, Gordo. Look, this was very one-sided. Um, and look, a team that we know didn't have a lot of talent. I remember in our, pre-match, in our pre-season predictions, I think I gave them something like six wins. You were, I think, more harsh, something like three. Well, they got four and six. They've got to it. Honestly, if you look at their schedule, they're in with a chance. I mean, I'm not saying they will. I don't think they will, but they've got every chance um, to be in, in contention for that last playoff spot. Um, in this game, look, they took an early lead and they never looked back. 30 to 30 in the final. Um, and look, I mentioned on our preview show, I wasn't convinced with what Denver did in Dallas last week. I don't think it was anything but a fluke. And we saw that. Um, I think McPandrew's in a lot of trouble. Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, been much marginalized in this city, um, out with COVID. Uh, Mike Shaw looked over a long time offensive play caller uh, with the Giants and then the Panthers previously been with Shermer for a while now. Uh, it didn't do much better. I talked about the um, troubles in the red zone. That's always going to cost you an NFL game and they couldn't stop the Eagles on the ground. Jordan Howard, 12 for 83. Boston Scott, 11 for 81. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 15, 14 for 53. They had three rushes with 40 or more um, yards in three straight games. That's the first time since 1950 it's happened for a Philadelphia team. They've got 626 yards across the last three games. That leads the league, and they've got more than 150 in the last four games. Um, Jalen Hurts was good through the air too. Um, 16 of 23, 178, a couple of touchdowns. Both to Devontae Smith had a great day. God, I don't know if you saw any of that, but arguably his best day. Four for 66, a couple of touchdowns. The second touchdown catch, touchdown catch was stunning right over his college teammate in Satan there. Um, one pick for Hertz, it's still a weak point. He lobs it up down the sideline and he doesn't account for the safety coming across and chopping it off. So that was a good play from the defense for Denver, but otherwise they couldn't stop it. Um, and then we've talked about that big play that you said, you mentioned th- closing seconds of the third down 20 to 13, going for it on fourth and one from the 23 yard line. Melvin Gordon fumbles, Darius Slay goes 83 yards for the scoop and score. Teddy Bridgewater, you're absolutely right, Gordon. We kind of just stood there. He took half a step and then just backed away from it. Um, ridiculed on social media. People talk about how Peyton Manning, who was coming off four neck surgeries, would still dive around trying to stop players. Some of the opinion that it's the right thing for the quarterback when they're worth a lot of money um, to not get involved in that kind of thing. But, you know, the game's on the line in that play. Um, And Vic Fangio said um, in his press conference, you know, make a play there. So probably not going to be very happy. I know Rex Ryan and some pundits were saying, you know, bench him because of that. It's not okay. But who have they got? Drew Locke. and the season's on the line, Gordo, five and five. They do have a bye, Denver, which I guess is, is a positive, but they've still got to play. Where have they got to play? They've got to play KC twice. They've got to play the Chargers twice. And the other games are Cincinnati, Las Vegas, and Detroit. So um, that 3-0 start, they crumbled. They got a massive win in Dallas last week, but I think they're done. I don't see Denver making playoffs at all. Yeah, no, I mean, looking at this game, going into it, if you told me the Eagles would probably have a better chance of making the playoffs after it, I would have laughed. But, I mean, you mentioned playoffs for the Eagles. I thought that actually the other day, looking at their schedule, I mean, the Saints game, who knows? But then after that, the Giants twice, Washington twice, and the Jets in a five-week span. They finished the Cowboys. Who knows? Dallas could be resting starters at that point. Exactly, yes. There's a real chance to go five and one or even six and oh to end Mm. the season. I'm hearing that now. They're a real chance. 
Yeah, I mean, then again, I was saying that, and then I, then I watched Washington go and beat Tampa Bay. So who knows? But it, I mean, uh, the Jets have been, the the Giants have coming off a bit of win over Vegas. That's tough, but say Philadelphia do. If they can beat New Orleans, I think that changes a lot. So they beat New Orleans, they can afford to maybe drop one to Washington. And then it could be that, as you say, coming up against Dallas, who have already resting players. I think it's unlikely. I think Dallas will probably still be in a race for seeding in the last week. And they wouldn't. the last thing they would want to do is let Philadelphia into the playoffs, the hated rivals. But, yeah, there's certainly a chance there, just considering, you know, the weakness of the NFC West and who they've got left on the schedule. That, of course, starts next week in Philadelphia. They have not won a game yet. They're 0-4 four, oh at home in Philadelphia, 4-2 and two on the road. So... They'll be looking for a win against the Saints and, as mentioned, Denver on the bye. Okay, we move on to another uh, late-window game, Carolina at Atlanta. Excuse me, Carolina at Arizona. Um, and again, got a week-to-week various. I think this is the most stunning example of it. Carolina, 24-6 loss. Three picks for Darnold in that game last week. They sign uh, Newton, uh, CMC, who did actually play last week, but we've got there was this uh, running scheme. If he plays, they win and they play well. If he doesn't play... They have no offense. Uh, a great day for him on offense. Uh, whereas Arizona, as we mentioned, demolished San Francisco seconds um, uh, with their seconds, sorry, and then come back and can't do anything in this game. Uh, 34 to 10 commanding fashion. And I presume well, obvious, Gordo, considering you locked up the Arizona Cardinals. Nobody saw this coming. Yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of people, when the Kyler and D-Hop news came out, maybe thought, okay, yeah, Carolina's in with a shot. They might even come out with... A tight win, but then you see these first couple drives. Arizona fumbles on their first drive. Uh, Carolina capitalizes with the touchdown from 15 yards out. Arizona turns it over on downs. Carolina touchdown again. Arizona throws a pick, and Carolina gets a field goal. And I mean, the game's pretty much over from that point on. Um, yeah, obviously it's only 17 points, but Carolina just this defense has been playing really well for most of the year. And if the offense can play like this again, uh, if Cam can revitalize them, they're a chance. Um, we saw things that we haven't all year. Um, Newton, he didn't start. Obviously, PJ Walker got that, but the place he came in, you mentioned earlier, uh, rushing touchdown on his first touch. Then he throws a, a touchdown pass on his next play. So finishes the game, what, three or four for eight yards and a touchdown, three carries, 14 yards and a touchdown. He just... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when he, because he's presumed to start, he'll be getting most of the first team reps in the lead up to the game against Washington on Sunday, big game. Um, interesting to see how he deals with being a starter for a full game. Of course, struggled in New England, but arguably had less uh, less talent there around him. Um, they are in the seventh spot in the NFC. They have a poison chalice. The team there always seems to lose. And then Arizona, eight and two. Um, now, Gordo, they were the last undefeated team they were the last one lost team but now eight and two you know they're equal with teams like well obviously green bay have the tiebreakers so they're above them in seedings now and they've got to play on the road in seattle um who knows seattle got shut out by green bay so you know tipping is harder than i think it's ever been they go to seattle if kyla murray doesn't play you'd probably back the seahawks then but really who knows it's a week-to-week league um, interesting to see what happens there for the cardinals but their second loss of the season okay we finish off for the last three games in the early and late afternoon windows. Not much to say about them. We'll start with Atlanta at Dallas, 43-3. Dominant final, Gordo. Um, a lot said about Dallas after their performance last week against the Broncos. Of course, Dak Prescott coming back from injury. Um, I think they proved all the doubters wrong. Look, I mean, 24 for 31, 296 and two scores. Cooper Rush came in at the end. Um, 
on the ground. I mean, Ezekiel had a couple of scores. They didn't need to run the ball that much. They were having so much success with it. Uh, and this defense, Dan Quinn, obviously, uh, he was the coach of Atlanta, got fired last year. Now he comes to Dallas and they had a great day keeping Atlanta to 214 total yards. They had three picks of Ryan um, piling on. Uh, Tron Diggs had another another pick. He's up to nine now. Um, so, you know, that's big. Um, uh, a a get-right game, I think, is the way you would say. And not to mention Dallas is still without Randy Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence on defense. So, um, you know, good performances there. They're 7-2, and two, Dallas. They've already passed their win total from a season ago. They're in KC next week, Gordo, which, considering how KC played on Sunday Night Football, should be a good game. Yeah, no, looking forward to that one now. Um, a week ago, uh, you probably would have thought with how both teams were playing last week, at least, that's not going to be great. But having seen how they both went this week, both teams put up over 40 points and the defence has played pretty well. So, yeah, that's going to be a very entertaining game, you'd think, although with how this season's going, who knows, that could end up being a blowout or a 10-3 win. But, yeah, Dallas get back on track, uh, prove me wrong. They can win without Tyron Smith. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, just incredibly impressive from Dallas. Um, yeah, Atlanta maybe weren't as good as their record show, but even then, anytime you win by 40 points, that's going to be a fairly imp- impressive win. Indeed, and for, for Atlanta, uh, you know, so impressive last week. Can't keep it up. Um, back at four and five, and they play the Pats, who are, as we've talked about, arguably the hottest team in, especially the AFC, maybe the league on a short week next week. Not looking good for them. Okay, Seattle at Green Bay. It was America's Game of the Week, Gordo, and as it so often turns out, was not really the Game of the Week. It was at Lambeau, and for the third consecutive week, this Green Bay defense came to play 17 to nothing, a shutout win over the Seahawks in the comeback games for Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Uh, the first shutout loss in Russell Wilson's career. Joe Barry deserves all the credit he can get, Gordo. Yeah, um, I, I obviously was skeptical of the hire before the season, but they're, he's just got this defense playing in ways that I've never seen before as a Packers fan. I mean, the last three weeks, uh, teams played Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. Uh, that's a combined completion percentage of 56, 600 yards, one touchdown, and four picks mm-hmm. against those four, against those three quarterbacks, who are three of probably, what, the top 10 in the league. Um, the Green Bay offense has been fairly underwhelming so far, but this defense is carrying them through games. Yeah, you look at the points given up going back to week six, 14, 10, 21, 7, nothing. So um, just, you know, among the best in the league in terms of defensive production over those past couple of weeks, you talked about the stats against opposing quarterbacks, a lot of credit. And, of course, again, this is a defense missing uh, Zedary Smith, Zero Alexander. So, you know, Seattle, zero points, 12 first downs, 167 total yards at 3.6 yards per play. A dominant performance for Seattle. Look, it's tough coming back. We know Russell Wilson... You know, made it back in unbelievably quick fashion, but perhaps he wasn't ready a couple. You know, we saw that red zone in, uh, interception. Of course, Rogers then had one, which was a bit of an ugly play. But um, you know, looking at the positives for Green Bay, they come up top with a win with this one. They're top, excuse me, they're back in the one seed for the NFC, looking to. Of course, they were the one seed last uh, year, and, and Rogers said in, in his post-match press conference, you know, he obviously wants everything coming through Lambeau like he had last year. Um, probably for the last time, but, well, possibly for the last time. Um, But a really impressive performance for them. Seattle, um, can we write them off now, Gordo? I know they've got Wilson left. They have a lot. Can we write them off? Or do you think you're going to give them another week because of how wide open the bottom of that NFC is? 
I mean, yeah, that's the only reason I'd consider them. Um, looking at the game, Russ, I think it was pretty clear that he came back too early. Uh, yeah, the Packers' defense was great, but he was terrible. Uh, so many missed throws, overthrows. And, I mean, the worst part of it, it seemed like he wasn't taking the short reads. Uh, in that second half particularly, I think almost every play was just a deep shot to Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Um, the Packers' safety's back there. And just nothing got open for them. They weren't taking the underneath stuff. It was just all like we've seen so many times in Seattle. It's all just throwing the ball deep and doing what Russ wants. Um, Mm. I am not sure if they're going to be a playoff team. I can't see it right now. But as you've mentioned, that seventh seed is right there. And anyone could get into it pretty much. But I don't think it's going to be them. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. They've got three wins now. Um, I can't see them getting to more than eight. Uh, they have Houston, they have Washington, they have Chicago, Detroit, and they've got to play Arizona, the Rams, uh, San Francisco, and Arizona again. So I don't think they're going to, unless a, a team with eight or nine wins gets in, I don't think they'll get in a couple of points from this game. Pete Carroll appearing to throw out an electric hand warmer instead of his challenge flag. <laughs> Not sure what came of that. And then DK Metcalf attempting to return to the huddle after he was ejected. Gordo, what happens with that? I thought the normal, traditionally you see them almost get frog marched out of the stadium. That didn't happen for some reason. He found himself on the on the field again, even though he'd just been sent off. Yeah, well, the thing was the ref never mentioned that he was actually ejected. Ah. Uh, they went through all the penalties on that play and they're like um, unsportsmanlike conduct, number 14 offense. And then I think it was like Darnell Savage on the defense. So they get to call that and just finish calling it. And they didn't say anything about number 14 being disqualified. So I don't know if he didn't realize that he was ejected or if he was, but thought he could, I don't know what happened there. Um, I don't think anyone really knows. Yeah, normally they would say, of course, you know, um, he's disqualified from the game or he's ejected from the game. Yeah, Wilson, 20 for 40. 161 and two picks, a dark day for Seattle. Okay, the last game in uh, aside from the primetime games, Buffalo at the Jets. Not much to talk about here. Buffalo, a get-right game, 45-7 in the final. It was the top-ranked defense in points and yards against the uh, worst-ranked one in points of yards, and that showed a couple of garbage-time scores late for the Jets. Mike White, Gordo, in the week. What did he say? Oh, you know, I think I could have been the first overall pick. Whoopsie-dipsie. What is that? Four picks on the day. I think the Broadway run for the Mike White era might just be coming to an end. Well, obviously, uh, we think Jones might be back in the next couple of weeks. It was a it was a dark day for him. Joe Flacco came in at the end and threw a touchdown. So when Joe Flacco is out playing, that's a bit of a, a, a trouble. But I think more importantly, this defense, Robert Sala, um, ugh, I don't know. I mean, look, 45, 45, 31, 54 points the past four weeks they've been giving up. Um, I mean, it doesn't help when you, your offense turns over the ball over five times. But, uh, yeah, the Jets haven't had a, a game this season with no turnovers, so they just give it up at will. Um, but I, I guess this is the one week and the one game got aware. This is probably what we expected to happen, and it did indeed, you know, play out that way. Yeah, no, um, I think I said, though, uh, based on what we saw from the Bills last week, this was actually going to be kind of close. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Buffalo, we expected. This is what we expected happening against the Jags last week. Um, Josh Allen looked like he was back to his form from last year. Um, I think he'd almost be leading the MVP if he hadn't had that game against the Jags. But, yeah, this was what we expected from Buffalo all year, just complete dominance on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think all five starting Bills secondary players had a turnover. Um, Obviously, the four picks, and there was a fumble recovery there as well. Mm. Um, So they forced the turnovers. Yeah, they gave up 17 points, but whatever there, the offense was good enough to put up 45. So, 
if Buffalo plays like this, they'll challenge Tennessee. Um, it's just whether they can put it together, put it together consistently from now on. Against a team that's not the Jets. Uh, Leslie Flays, the def- Leslie Fraze, the defensive coordinator for Buffalo, I think deserves a ton of credit. He was looked, oh, I mean, he was interviewed, I think, for a couple of head coaching jobs. Didn't get any. I know he's over 60, and that's sometimes a turn away. Obviously, um, the Houston Texans ended up hiring David Cully, who's over 60, but yeah, been very good that unit this season when the Bills, I guess, were thought of more as an offensive team the last couple of years. Talking of the Bills, they host the Colts in a rematch of the AFC wildcard game from a season ago at the same venue, New Era Field. Um, that's a massive game. The Jets, 2-7, and seven, host the Dolphins, who had a big win, Gordo. Um, I mean, if the, if the Dolphins don't win that game against Baltimore, then we probably think the Jets maybe even, I mean, who knows who to think of a favourite. Now that the Finns have won that game, though, you'd have to think that, um, you know, they'd be, uh, you know, favourite to knock off the Jets there next week. Yeah, you'd have to think so. Um, I think I saw that they're planning at the moment on starting tour there, so... That's a real chance for him to show what he can do against a fairly weak defense. Um, a real chance for him to put up 30 points. Yeah, I mean, not a game I'll, I'll be looking to tune into. We'll see when we draft our games who ends up with it. Okay, two primetime games. Kansas City at the Las Vegas Raiders. Sunday Night Football, it was a massive game in the West. The winner would go to sole position of the first uh, overall position in the division because of the losses from uh, Denver and the Chargers early in the day. And it was Kansas City looking back to their former selves in many ways on offense in particular with a 41-14 win over the Raiders. Um, we'll start simply, Gordo. Was this uh, more Kansas City being impressive or did you take away more uh, disappointment from Las Vegas from this result? I'm honestly not sure how to judge this one. Um, it feels like Kansas City, this was their bounce back game. Um, they finally put everything together on offense. They cut down the turnovers. Um, the defense stepped up against what has in the past been a pretty good offense. But the Raiders, I think the biggest story coming out of it is going to be them um, because we know for the last couple of years now they've had that real fall off after the middle of the season. Um, and their last two weeks are showing that it could be happening again. This time, there's so much that's gone on for this organization. I think everyone's expecting it. Um, a guy like Henry Ruggs is someone they're really missing on the field. I think that's pretty obvious at the moment. Uh, they brought in Deshaun Jackson to try and fit, fill that deep threat. But I think he was the real turning point of that game. It was, what, 24 to 14. Uh, the Raiders are driving. He catches that deep ball, probably has a wide open lane to the end zone for a touchdown, and then what turned around and fumbled. And I think that's really where the game changed. I think he was hoping for misdirection. He thought he probably couldn't outrun the, which is bizarre from Deshaun Jackson of all people, but he's always been like that, not just heading for the end zone, trying to do a bit of party tricks and move back around. And it cost them big time there. Um, Chiefs, I mean, I know they only gave up 14 points, but on one of those touchdown drives, they looked kind of weak, this Chiefs defense. I mean, I still think they're good enough. I mean, we talked about how they won a Super Bowl with a, uh, Steve Spagnuolo's defense a couple of years ago, and they made it back to the Super Bowl last year. I think they still think they can do it. Um, uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious they're favourites for the division now. They're back on top. They're six and four. And Patrick Mahomes, 35 for 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns. Um, just taking a look, he's 25 and 10, right? The touchdown interception ratio um, this season. Talk about MVP. I took a look at the um, the standings. He's, he's uh, one to 51 odds um, on, on winning the MVP. They got eight games to go. If he, say, throws for three, Touchdowns each game. Well, that's a twenty-five. So if he goes twenty-five and five over the rest of the season, that'll be fifty touchdowns and fifteen interceptions. A lot of quarterbacks have won MVP with a lot worse stats than that. So I know we have these names who are up there, but they keep faltering. I still think he's a chance. They can easily get hot 
Um, you know, and I don't think we can rule him out for MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a chance, but I think he'd have to play almost perfectly over the over the last what eight weeks. People will remember how these first what, eight or nine weeks went. Um, mm. It's a whole season award. Uh, yeah, if he gets hot in the second half and the Chiefs win what ninety percent of their games, something like that, then yeah, he's definitely got a chance. But I think a lot would have to go right for him to win it. Yeah, indeed. But I think one thing's for certain. They do have a tough schedule going home, but I think pretty much still everyone else thinks that they're the favourites in the division now, especially with the Chargers faltering. Talk about the Raiders. Um, and this Raiders defence got under Gus Bradley. We talked about how they'd improved. They were middle of the pack. A step back for them tonight. I guess they just came up against the wrong, you know, the wrong team at the right time. We've talked the wrong time. We've been talking about how KC each week, will this be the week when they get it all together? This was the week. And sadly for this Raiders defence, they bore the brunt of that. Uh, 41 points. Yeah, um, it's it feels like a typical Raiders season now. Um, I've mentioned that drop off mid year, mm. but yeah, the it just really feels like that first what five weeks or so of optimism's just gone away now. Um, the offense it's struggling. Derek Carr, you mentioned, um, what did you say last time? Uh, he was a real elite quarterback or something. I said he was a uh, candidate for an overachiever yeah. this season, but uh, yeah, of course now I go out and say that he delivers that. <laughs> He's been, I don't know, there's some games where he looks so good and then there's other ones where he just plays like this, turns the ball over once, the running game can't get going, just the whole offense in general really struggles. And I'm not sure who's to blame there, but he's not not a quarterback that's going to win games. He's going to be good in a good system and he's going to struggle when the team's struggling. He's a barometer. That's what he is. When he plays well, they win. When he doesn't, they don't. And that's it's what it's been like um, for the last couple of years now. Um, I tell you what, five and four, the Vegas, and they got a brutal stretch home. Your point on a second half drop off for the third consecutive year looks likely. Cincinnati next week at home, who will come off the bye. At Dallas, Washington, at Kansas City, Cleveland, Denver, at Indy, and the Chargers. What are they, five? Would you think they need to get to nine, ten wins for that division? So, of that division for their wild card spots. So, they've got to find a way to win five of them. That's going to be tough, and we're going to have to see them play more like they did in the opening three weeks. And, um, I guess, look over all the off-field distractions if they're going to make the playoffs for just the second time this century. Okay, closing off uh, the round. Well, we've already talked about LA Rams and San Francisco. That was another um, upset. So, you know, go to another week in the books. And I said when we opened this show, more we've got more questions and more answers. Just seems like we're going to need another few more weeks or perhaps even into the final few weeks of the seasons to sort out who really is a contender and who really isn't. Yeah, no, I think right now I've really only got the Packers, the Titans, and maybe the Bills. Mm. It's looking like really complete teams. But even then, injuries and whatever are really hurting at least the Packers and Titans and the Bills. We've seen their consistency struggle. So, yeah, I've got no idea what's going to happen. I think the Cowboys are the other one I would probably put in that list. But otherwise, yeah, I think I think we've got a lot of questions to be answered. Okay, and the tipping. Um I think, Gordo, you said to me, you may as well just close your eyes and point randomly at the screen. You got five this week, 85 for the season. I got eight, 95 for the season, a bit better than previous weeks. But of course, in the uh, uh, the um, locks, uh, the locks of the week, certainty picks, um, Gordo, uh, we both lost, but Gordo still has a, what is that, a three-game lead on me. We'll catch up in them in the preview show for next week. And we'll move to the playoff file. So we've got, a, we've got the... Uh, I guess, unenviable position of promoting a team and then eliminating a team from contention. 
Um, we'll start with promotions. Gordo, you promoted the Cardinals, the Bills, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Packers, and Titans. You were just saying it's hard to know who are the real contenders. Who are you sending to the playoffs this week? Yeah, um, it's obviously really difficult. Um, I'm considering taking the Patriots here. Uh, I, I think that's what I'm going to go with. I was going to take the Rams before, uh, before Monday Night Football, and then we saw what happened there. So I'm going to go with the Pats. Fair enough. I mean, full disclosure, I did take the Rams a few weeks ago after they beat the Texans, and since then they have been atrocious. So maybe it is that curse again. Um, I took the Titans, pretty obvious pick. Um, so I've got the Bills, the Cowboys, the Cards, the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers, and the Titans. Um, elimination time. Uh, Texans, Jags, Lions, Dolphins, Jets, and the Niners so far for you this week, Gorda. A few in the eliminations. Who have you got this week? A bit worried about that Niners pick now, but um, <laughs> I think I'm going to take the Giants here. Um, again, the NFC of both conferences is so wide open. The Giants are probably the worst of the ones that are left, so we'll take them. Yeah, I, I was thinking along similar lines. I'd eliminated the Jags, the Lions, the Texans, the Jets, the Dolphins, and then I didn't eliminate the 49ers last week. I eliminated the football team and then come out and beat the beat the Bucks. That just shows you how unpredictable it is. I've taken the Bears. I like what we saw from Justin Fields on Monday Night Football, but I don't think they've got enough. They've got a tough schedule going home. Uh, they've only got three weeks. I think uh, they will not be featuring in January, and that will be the end of the Matt Nagy era, I would presume. Okay, we'll come back to that again, of course, every week. In a couple of weeks, we've got our second season extravaganza, revisiting our power rankings, season predictions, and all the rest. And before we go, just a quick look at our seedings, top three in the AFC and the NFC. We've talked about this, kind of alluded to our picks, Gordo. Um, I'll kick it off um, in the AFC. I'm interested to see what you have here. I think we can agree that the Titans are the top pick. I'm agreeing with you. I'm actually saying based on... My current form, I, I, I like the Pats above the Bills, and then I've got the Bills at third. But I think those those two um, are pretty interchangeable. I know the Chiefs got a big win. I don't think it's enough to put them back up in that top three uh, category. And I don't like anybody in the North. I don't think any – I mean, we probably would have thought about the Ravens, but they had a big loss uh, to the Dolphins on Thursday night. What say you? Uh, yeah, I'm keeping the same – oh, no, it's not the same ranking as – I had last week. Actually, last week I had Baltimore in at the two, but yeah, Tennessee at the one, Buffalo at two, and then New England at three. Um, I think they're probably the clear best three at the moment. You could make an argument for Kansas City after that Sunday night, but I think those are the three. Okay, so I've actually got the Pats a bit higher than the Bills, which is interesting, but Gordo has the other way around. We've still got the same top three. Uh, NFC, Gordo, you can kick it off. Who have you got? One, two, three. Uh, I've got the Packers at one. Um, I can't go past that. The Cowboys come back up to two. Massive bounce back. And, yeah, as we've mentioned, they're still waiting on a couple of their best pass rushes to come back. And then the Cardinals at three. Uh, that that third spot's really difficult at the moment. You look through all your options. Tampa faltered. LA faltered. New Orleans struggled. I think Arizona's there by default almost. Um, they lost, but, yeah, it's with backups. So fully healthy, I think Arizona's probably up there. I cannot argue with. I mean, who else is it? You talk about New Orleans. They lost. Talk about Tampa. They lost. Talk about um, the Rams. Lost. I think the only other option is to go exactly as you have. Patriots. Uh, Patriots. Packers at number one. The Cowboys at two, and the Cardinals at number three. So we agree on that. We agree on our three teams in the AFC. Just the different order. Okay. And before we go, Gordo, a word on Thursday night football. The Pats down in uh, Atlanta to take on. <coughs> excuse me. The Falcons, of course, famously played in that Super Bowl a few years back. Um, you set with the Pats on this one? Uh, yeah, I think looking at not just last week, but on the season as a whole, I think you've got to take the Patriots here. Um, just 
everything's going right for them at the moment. Atlanta, who knows? They're probably going to be a mid-table team again around 500, but I can't see them winning this. Indeed, I've got to agree with that, Patriots. I think we're relatively comfortably on the road. Okay, that's it for today's show. Gordo, thanks for being here. I'll see you on Friday. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. It has indeed. As always, links to our blogs are in the description, links to Twitter in the description, and thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music. Some of the fun crime links to that is in the description. We'll see you on Friday. Bye-bye.